Indian Warriors. It's the Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your hosts, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Foray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can't ignore you. Put it up for the Wigan Warriors. Some brands choose to buy recognition. NGK would rather work for a living. Time after time, track after track, season after season, the engines that continually propel NHRA teams to victory often rely on NGK spark plugs. From factory stock cars to the top fuel class, we put our name on the line. And when we finish first, which happens a lot, we go back to work. Why? Because sometimes recognition can come with a price, but actions always speak louder than words. We earn it. We own it. That's what matters to us. NGK Spark Plugs, since 1936. What's going on, everybody? Cameron Frey with Racers and Rental Cars. And what's up, Don? Oh, wait, he's not here. Um, Don is currently on a Racers and Rental Cars vacation. Um, he will be gone for the next few weeks, but that's okay. Um, he left me to do the recording duties and all this stuff. So bear with me. I hope to God this all works. And I'm sorry if it sounds weird or awkward with just me talking. But uh, within the next coming weeks, I have some pretty cool guests on the show that uh, I'm going to enlighten you with. And we're going to talk anything from marketing, racing to you know whatever it may be. Uh, but before we get to the the our guest for today um i just thought i'd do give you a little rundown of what's going on in you know i guess my world of drag racing and um racers and rental cars or even i mean my world outside of drag racing i've been doing a little bit of racing um in the off-road world uh with my sponsor MP and our class 11 uh, off-road cars i did a short course race this weekend for the gas series which is the great american short course series which is actually owned by the people who promote king of the hammers um they took over for lucas oil short course that uh, they actually dismantled or disbanded that particular series and actually um this great american short course they bought everything the lee perfect guy that owns king of the hammers bought everything and is trying to make a go at it which is pretty cool so i gotta say going from drag racing to off-road short course, it was actually rad. So I didn't actually drive. I was the co-driver. So in the class 11 bugs that we race, um, there has to be a co-driver in the car at all times. Generally we do desert racing, which obviously you navigate and, and there's a little bit more of a role, I guess you'd say, than just kind of sitting in there and holding on and screaming like a little girl. Well, in the short course world, not so much. It's just more of a really badass fun ride. Um, and this weekend we had Brian Croft in the car. Um, normally the marketing director of Impy, Corey Ryder drives the car and I do the co-dogging. But, uh, this weekend, um, we had Brian Croft, who is a big time shoe when it comes to off-road stuff. He is a huge ultra four guy in the King of the Hammer series, wins all the time, drives all kinds of crap, badass driver. And let me tell you, he can wheel the shit out of a class 11 car too. And I got firsthand experience. Um, we raced Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, we put it on the box uh, in second place. Um, or should I say he did? I got to ride along. But uh, he did a phenomenal job. These cars, you would think that they can't do what they can do. But they it's, it's insane what they can actually do. And it was a really good time. Um, Sunday, unfortunately, we had a car trouble on the parade lap. Uh, one of the coil wires broke <laughs> on the car during the parade lap before we went green. And unfortunately, we were done for the day. But it was still a really good time. I always have a good time hanging out with my MP people. They help me out a lot with pretty much anything I do racing. So I really appreciate everything that they do for me and all the fun along the way. Other than that, what do we have this weekend? We had some Supercross going on. Atlanta was happening and actually it's happening right now. I'm recording this podcast on a Tuesday and I better hurry up and get this shit done so I can go watch the rest of Supercross because it just started. But anyways, good thing I have TiVo or is it TiVo? I don't even know what it's called these days anymore. 
DVR. Hell, I don't know. I bought some sort of an app. But anyways, yeah, so Supercross is kind of getting hot and heavy. They're in Atlanta, which I don't know if anybody saw the race over the weekend. It's outdoors, kind of like a Daytona race, which uh, was a really long track, kind of more like an outdoor track than anything. But the lap times, because it was raining, were like three minutes long. So it's pretty gnarly. Um, Eli Tomac actually won again. Um, He's like the Daytona champ always. So he, of course, has to win a race. It's kind of like Daytona. Um, Cooper Webb seems to be running away with the championship, which obviously we all know that's going to happen. Um, yeah, other than that, that's as much racing as I did over the week and weekend. Um, we also apologize that, uh, the last couple of weeks for the show, we've kind of been on a little bit of hiatus. We got a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes with our personal racing and just a lot, just a lot of stuff and life got in the way a little bit, but we're going to be back. I will be um, taking the reins for the next few weeks going solo, but uh, Don will definitely be back. Uh, he loves doing the show and so do I. So we appreciate you guys sticking with us here at the old racers rental cars. Um, yeah. But uh, before I guess I get into who we're going to be talking to today, um, I get, I got some really good news today and I got a phone call and when this launches, on Saturday, I will actually be in the seat of a top fuel car over the weekend. Um, my buddy, Dill Worsham, hit me up this morning and asked me if I could fill in for him uh, in his top fuel car here at the uh, Denso NHRA Four Wide Nationals in Las Vegas. So pretty exciting about that. Um, I do have some other exciting top fuel news to share in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for that. I can't let the cat too far out of the bag just yet, but I will be back on track. Um, maybe not the full tour, obviously, but, uh, I will be back with the vengeance and, uh, singing that Jason L. Dean, we back song here pretty soon. So without further ado today, we have the, one of the newest NHRA top fuel pilots out there. Of course, we had Josh Hart on the other day, the champ from Gainesville. We also had, um, some more really, really exciting things happen in the world of Gainesville. Um, our own, friend of ours of the show and really good friend of my family's uh, Krista Baldwin, who uh, made her NHRA top field debut at Gainesville, which is freaking awesome. There is nothing like that first race. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to call her up and uh, we're going to talk to her, talk to her about that, talk to her about her whole racing career. I mean, she's pretty much drag racing royalty. So um, we got to dig into that a little bit and find out a few things about her and uh, what makes her tick and, and all that stuff. So, let me see if I can dial her up here and we'll go from there. Chris, are you there? What up, Cameron? What's happening? How are you, Miss? How do you like to be um, called now or introduced or like, like when you're like at dinner, like does Bobby go be like, hey, this is my girlfriend, top field driver, Krista Baldwin, or, she, or is it still just like Krista? So far, it's just Krista. But <laughs> if we did run into someone new, I wouldn't put it past him if he said something like that. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what I love about your boyfriend. He's awesome. Um, but yeah, so welcome to the show. Welcome to Racers and Rental Cars. We've been trying to have you on the show for a long time, but a long time. Yes, it's I been like to a say a long time. But I wanted to wait because I knew within that uh-huh. long time span that you're talking about, you've done a lot of really cool things. And I knew yeah. you were going to be debuting in Top Fuel soon but i just didn't know when and so i wanted to have you on after that happened you know i wanted to have you on actually when you after you got your license but um so much stuff has happened since then um, obviously i wasn't cool enough yet i had no, to no, 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 like no, enter the no. race to get no. on there no that's, that's not the case i just wanted <laughs> i just wanted to hear the excitement and, and all the cool things and all the stories from that weekend that uh, you could share with our listeners out there so um, but all before- right, I'll let you off the hook on this one. All right. Okay. Cool. cool. <laughs> if not, yeah, you know, you guys, you and my wife will be talking crap on me all day during oh, yes. work hours. So yes. anyway, so, but before <laughs> we get into your top fuel career, you know, since that's where you currently are, give our listeners a little bit of the, uh, so tell me what you do here spiel as far as, uh, how did you get into racing? What, what's the deal? I mean, we know you, your father was a racer and all that stuff. So just a lot of the, a lot of people that listen to the show are not drag racing centric. So, um, 
you know, yes, I know what drag racing is, but it's still motorsports. <laughs> we platform. go straight super, super fast. <laughs> yeah, don't turn. <laughs> That's what I told the guys at the off-road race this week. And I was like, dude, we're really good in the straightaways. But after that, I don't know what the fuck to do. So um, yeah, no. <laughs> I can't even tell them to turn left and right. I, they put a drag racer as a navigator. It's a really bad idea. But, yeah, I don't think. Uh, what were they thinking? Your sponsor there? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure to be honest with you. <laughs> I just went with it. So that's all good. Yeah. But uh, for our listeners out there, the Reader's Digest, I guess, mm. if you will. Um, let's see. I am the only third generation top fuel driver out at the NHRA Camping World Series, which is super cool and super fun and i'm like super proud to have that as my title dude that's badass uh, i mean you're just gonna start with that like yeah shit, you probably should have ended with that but i mean if you're gonna I start mean, with that i i don't have any sort of credentials like that nor will i ever so um <laughs> i'm just out here trying to qualify and maybe win around one or two yeah i feel you I'm, I'm still there cameron <laughs> hold up i'm still there i'm still on your level <laughs> so tell me how you got into drag racing how, like as a child you grew up in it like let's start there i mean you can okay. give us the elevator version or the cliff notes version but i mean we don't have to go into details like where you graduated high school but yeah ready go so i grew i grew up in southern california uh pomona was my or is my home track love it dearly uh my grandpa uh chris caramacinas uh he is a top field driver as Guy you of, made it, maybe have heard of once or twice maybe, the Greek. maybe. As of uh, 2020, he was a top field driver. Uh, and then he retired last year. And luckily, I get to get in the seat after him. And it's been great so far. But and then my dad, Bobby Baldwin, he was a top field driver as well. So I grew up with two top field cars in my family, uh, traveling coast to coast, uh, missing many of Fridays at school <laughs> to go to the drag races. Um, but I loved it. And then unfortunately in 2001, when I was eight, my dad passed away. And so I continued to go on the road with my grandpa, had to get through school. Uh, and I actually didn't drive a car until I was 18 till after I graduated high school. That was the thing is my family wanted me to graduate, get my education first, and then I get to drive the cars. So when I was 18, I started in a front engine dragster on the nostalgia side, uh, seven seconds 180 miles an hour <laughs> that was a that was an any one car right yep an any one car uh that thing was a beast yeah, we would have rad. like we would have like these wicked wheel stands and who owned it was a that lot car of fun. uh rick mcdonald owned that okay. car and he uh he kind of was like the crew chief of the cackle cars and he maintained the cackle cars in between their sessions and so uh, you know, he kind of picked me out of the blue and asked if I wanted to drive it. And of course, I was just going to yes. say, how did you get, how did that come about? Like, I mean, yeah, you always, you grew up around it, blah, blah, blah. But how did you transition from being the daughter and the granddaughter to some guy, some random guy just saying, Hey, do you want to drive my car? Cause a lot of people want to know how to do that. I mean, yes, they listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, believe me, it's not easy. But um, we were actually out at the Fairplex in Pomona, and we were at some kind of car deal. You know, there's always multiple things throughout the year. And uh, I cackled one of the cars. So you get into one of the old cars, and they hit the gas, and it's just it's noise and coolness and head of flames and nitro, and it gets the the crowd up and ready to go and so I was cackling one of his cars and he asked do you ever want to drive and I said absolutely and probably about two weeks later he calls me up he's like why don't you come down to my shop in Temecula and see if you want to drive this car and I couldn't believe this was happening like no way there's no way this is happening because I knew for a long time I didn't know how I was going to get into the seat just because I didn't do the junior drag racing I didn't do bracket racing I didn't you know, take my streetcar down the drag strip. Like I've never even been down the drag strip up until this point. And so, uh, you know, obviously I had to call my grandpa up and be like, grandpa, I have this opportunity. I want to do it. And he said, no problem, but you can only do it during the summer because I was getting ready to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Okay, grandpa. So um, I started, you know, at the little eighth mile track, Barona, which is outside of San Diego. 
sketch uh, in a front motor license. car been there yes done that. on yeah. my first pass ever sketch like yeah don't, don't forget to pull the parachute been. there because there's yes. literally a cliff after the the sand yeah. trap yeah if you guys haven't been there it's literally a quarter mile long it's an eighth mile track quarter mile long and there's probably like 20 feet of sand and then a cliff yes <laughs> that is affirmative i didn't know that the first time i went there to drive a front motor blown alcohol any one car too and they informed me of that as I, he said, uh, yeah, maybe actually just pull the parachute before you mm -hmm. cross the finish line because there's a, I'm a cliff. And he's, I'm like, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and, then, and then you have to do like a quick U-turn on to yes. the return road. <laughs> yes. Yes, pretty much. But anyway, so I started with that and we hit Bakersfield. We went to Barona. We went to Tucson. Just hit all the local nostalgia races and I got my feet wet. You know, I think the best I went was like a 780. Uh, That's still a pretty good. 16 miles an hour, I think. So it's still moving. And then now I go to college. I go to college and I figured, you know what, this is the time. So I went to live in Greece for six months. I knew it was going to be hard because I had my life here, the racing life. I'm like, you know what, I have to have that life experience. And if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. So I'm very grateful I did. That's now, cool. I actually didn't know you ever did that. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And so right before I left for Greece, uh, Paul Lee was driving Gary Dencham's car at Sonoma because Gary had a knee operation. And Gary and my dad, good friends for a long time, good friends with Joanne, good friends with Steven. Um, so I met Paul. Paul was asking what I was doing. I'm like, oh, I'm going to college. I'm going for PR, marketing, photography. I told him, like, if I can't drive out here, I want to still be out here. I still want to make a career in drag racing because it's my passion. And so he's like, well, why don't you come help me with my social media? Okay, great. We'll make an internship. I'm like, the only kicker is in a month I leave <laughs> for six months. <laughs> and he's like, no problem. When you get back uh, the first of the year, we'll, we'll, uh, reconvene and, and we'll make something work i'm like okay so i get on the plane live in greece euros uh let's see breaking the glass and dancing for six <laughs> weeks or six months <laughs> while going to school but still nice. it was a lot of fun and then literally i land at lax two days before christmas i call paul up i'm like paul it's crystal Baldwin. i literally just got off the plane from greece is this internship still available? He's like, absolutely. And so that following year, he was going to race Del Worsham's car for a few races. He's like, no problem. Come out to testing a couple of weeks. We'll, we'll make it work. So now I start the career on the PR <clears throat> side. That's how I started. I literally started with Paul Lee. <laughs> That's rad. And uh, during that time, I also had an internship with Competition Plus. So I was doing all the social media, uh, gosh, I was live tweeting throughout the whole day and people loved it. Um, and I was writing stories, but obviously I knew I wanted to be on the racer side rather than the journalist side. So I stuck with Polly, <laughs> but I very grateful for a competition plus and what Bobby Bennett did, some, did for me, you know, I got to Bobby signed off like two credits so I didn't have to take all my classes at school. <laughs> That's right. I'll let you in on a little secret. My internship for my my PR portion of my college career was at my brother's company. Yeah. 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 I didn't. I didn't do anything. It's okay. We don't. But I wrote. You know, it was a while ago. I made it sound good. So. Yeah. No. Absolutely. You just gotta update your teacher what you're doing. It's all good. There you go. Yep. Nailed uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm doing social media for Paul Lee, uh, driving my friend a dragster. And then I met Anthony DeCero. Anthony DeCero had, at the time, Nitro University. That's injected nitro uh, dragster in the top alcohol dragster rings. 5.2 seconds, 280 miles an hour. Pretty wild from seven seconds to five seconds. <laughs> That'll do it. Uh, yeah. And so... Uh, Called my grandpa up again. Grandpa, I have this opportunity to get my license in a field car. Okay, no problem. Uh, you got to finish college first. Okay, well, I didn't finish college just yet. I had one more semester at the Indy test session before the U.S. Nationals. I made my three licensing runs. 
uh, grandpa was there. He signed off my license. Oh, that's right. Pretty awesome stuff. Like on top of the moon. And then I go to college, graduate in December. Okay, grandpa, I finished college. I have a job at McLeod Racing. I am going to do it. And I'm like, I have an opportunity to go to the Winter Nationals. <laughs> so I literally graduate in December and I made my national event debut in Alpha Dragster in February. Heck yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it, ladies and gentlemen, you should probably just start taking notes from Miss Krista over here because uh, that's pretty much the dream for a lot of people. So that's really cool. And it's really interesting that you actually didn't race juniors. Is there a reason why you didn't? Did you ever have any like want to well, do that or? Yes, I did. I wanted to so bad because at the time, Stephen Bencham, when I was a kid, was doing the junior dragsters. Right. And so that's kind of what I wanted to do. And of course, I turned eight in July and my dad passed in September. Oh, so it just, okay. yeah. it never, it never happens. And okay. of course my mom, although she loves the sport, she's like, I have no clue what a junior dragster does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it just never worked out for us. And then, um, so I that's okay. It sounds like you're sure making up for lost time. You know, that's one of the really cool, like it's a cool thing about drag racing, but it's also like a deterrent. But what, what I'm about to say, like you can pretty much be and do whatever you want in drag racing, like later on in life. Like you don't really like you can be like 60 and be a top field rookie, you know, like it's not, eh, you know, like, or you like, could be uh 92 and still drive. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Versus like, you know, carding or something where you got to start when you're like freaking, five and like never yeah. do anything else you know what i mean and then yeah if you want to be day. formula one you better started yeah. karting at three <laughs> exactly if you want to be on the drive to survive on netflix uh-huh. gotta start when you're in the womb so that's what we're Side note, we should definitely have a drive survive on netflix for drag racing I, I, hey i agree i agree i that would be amazing if i could get some of these producers i knew on la that my brother knows mm-hmm. um if mm-hmm. i could get them to do that that'd be great because every time i bring somebody out to the races they're always like yeah hell yeah this is so cool but we're not there yet i'm just yeah, not cool we'll get enough. there i'm no crystal we'll baldwin so oh um, Cameron, stop it <laughs> <laughs> so anyways but so you transition from anyone to a fuel to now top fuel you got your top mm-hmm. fuel license just recently was it was it september october october third okay. yeah yeah like it was yesterday yeah. um so <laughs> tell us a little bit about like that i mean so i want to hear your side of it because i've gone through all of that myself and it's like the trans everybody's like oh it's the same thing like but yes, no. the pr- the procedures <laughs> and all that crap is exactly the same. But dude, like, I'm willing to bet you're going to say when that clutch locks up, like, hold on. Because literally, that is like everything that you think about or after you experience it, you're like, yep, I never want to drive anything else other than that ever again. Yeah, it's, it's insane. It just, it's insane. That's the only <laughs> way you can really describe it, to be honest, is, That's it. is it's insane. Yeah, and we are insane. Yes, exactly. But I think the coolest part, you know, leading up to my licensing, obviously at the end of 2019, Grandpa approached me. He's like, okay, I think you're ready for top fuel. Okay, cool. You know, try not to get too excited, right? (laughs) Because you just (laughs) don't know. (laughs) Because, you know, he still holds his license. So you just don't know how much longer he's going to drive. So... Obviously, we were going to do this a lot earlier in 2020, and then the whole world decided to, you know, go upside down. So we had to wait. But I'm glad we waited because we were able to take everything apart on the car and put everything back on there in a better way. Not even better, but just a more organized way, just so it made it flawless, the procedures that we were doing, because we knew that Grandpa was kind of you know, hinting that this was going to be his last race and I get to drive next year, which is this year. And so, you know, we worked on this car probably four months before we went to St. Louis. Uh, And I think that was a cool part is that I got to be hands on on putting the car together and just learning more of what, because obviously from the A field car, the top field car, uh, you know, clutch management, totally different. <laughs> like you don't even have it on the angel car. Yeah. 
compared to the top field car. So just like learning everything that goes on behind the scenes. And then grandpa decides, okay, we're going to go to St. Louis. I'm going to make the qualifying passes and I'm only going to go half track. So you could run on Monday. Okay, grandpa. So I was so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't wait. Um, So we get to the track and you know, you just don't know what to expect because you've been thinking about it for so long. You're like, oh my God, I'm actually doing it. So we got there, do the burnout, which doing a burnout in a top field car is like way cooler than a field car because it's so much louder. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, like you said, everything's the same up until you're ready to stage that car and the tree comes down. Like practically the a field car and the top field car, the same thing up to that point. I remember... You know, I lit the first bulb and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm screaming at myself. I'm like, oh my God, this is it. I'm doing this. this Right? I'm like, okay, take a breath, take a breath. Here we go. And I hit the gas and my chin strap wasn't tight enough. (laughs) Yep. That'll happen to everybody too. (laughs) So that was a quick, uh, you know, abort that run because you couldn't see because my head literally turned upside down in the cockpit <laughs> so whatever gotta brush it off up there for the second run uh they leaned in they're like maybe only go to half track about half track and then click it and you should be good okay no problem go out there probably went to 800 feet and clicked it <laughs> because <laughs> it just it felt so crazy like i didn't want to stop because like you said the second, like 300 feet, that clutch starts coming in, and you're like, fuck, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been trying to say to people, like, people always ask, like, what's it feel like? Like, do you guys remember that spaceship ride that, like, the UFO that, like, goes in circles super fast at the fair? Oh, and you yeah. can't, like, lift your arm? Like, that's kind of how it is. <laughs> like, that's a good know? one. I usually, I usually go with, uh, um, if you have a sledgehammer, I can hit you across the chest with it. And that's pretty well yes. what it feels like. Yes, it does. It really does. And so 399, 252, that was my license pass. Get out the top end. And of course it takes them a second to get up there. And I'm like, I just sat in the car. <laughs> like I didn't even, I just sat there. I'm like, Oh my God, I just did it. This is wild. I keep, I'm crying. And of course grandpa comes up. And he's crying, like bawling. He's like, you did so good. Cause it's like that car hasn't gone, hasn't seen a three in a few years. Like running that 399 and clicking it early. Grandpa was like, you could tell he was proud. I think that was the best part of the whole day was like seeing grandpa's face. But yeah, the the ride, I wish I could, I wish I could describe it. Like it's a shame, you know, you can't, and it's a shame that it's so expensive to do it because you wish, you wish that everybody could experience it because it, it's a fan or like, you know, Dixon's got that two seater thing and there's Mm -hmm. a guy that, that just did it. That's friends with a lot of the drivers or whatever, Joe, Mm -hmm. um, he just went and went with the ride and like watching all the comments and stuff like from the, like his friends that don't really know about racing, like, like, wow, like you're nuts. Like, but he's just like, Oh hell yeah. Like, I mean, just better than I ever expected and could have mm-hmm. imagined. And and it's true because you, you can't, you can't compare it to anything. I mean, no. and that, that's the, that's the weirdest part. I mean, I love any form of racing. Like I'm a racer at heart and I'm sure you are too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really care. I mean, obviously my ultimate goal is to succeed in top fuel. Right. It's very hard to do that. But like, I also don't mind. I love bracket racing too. I love bracket racing my dragster mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just driving. Oh, anything. you still have dibs on that dragster? I thought <laughs> yeah. it was Angie. I was wondering if you were going to catch on to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have, yeah, now lost my dragster to my lovely wife. Um, so yeah, I love driving my wife's dragster whenever I get the opportunity, which go. is slim to none, um, <laughs> these days anymore. So yeah, I have to keep driving top fuel because I won't be able to drive anything else. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm just a racer at heart. So like, I mean, I've got a couple go-karts, you know, like racing carts here in, in my garage and stuff. Like I love all of it, but you just can't get the same thrill as a top fuel car. Um, so yeah, I just wish more people could experience it. 
So um, as we transition into, yes, you've gotten your license. Talk a little bit about before we move on to your day-to-day deal. I know you, because you, you still work for Paul Lee at McLeod Racing. So um, I want to talk a little bit about that before we have you go. But fill us in on your top fuel debut at Gainesville. Tell me how awesome it was. It was so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the emotion. <laughs> yes, we know it was awesome, Krista. Um, tell us a little bit more about your your uh, experience and, you know, because a lot of people will never get to get to experience that. You're on the big show. You state you're staging up against the Antron Browns of the world. So, I mean, that's the moment where you're like, oh, my gosh, like, holy shit, I made it, you know, and like, homie, we made it, you know, like is was that like what you were feeling or were you just like because it happened so fast i kept texting you and telling you like literally it happened so fast like do as much as you can to like take it in because it's it's really hard to so it is it it definitely is but you know what's funny is that so obviously I, i drove the car in october and now it's march i did not drive the alcohol car or anything since october so for five, six months. I've had like two runs in my head that I'm like, okay, this is what's going to feel like. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do that. If it feels like that, I'm going to do that. You know, just all the scenarios in your head. And going into the weekend, I was super excited. First of all, super nervous. Um, Not necessarily had fear for the car, but fear of you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And you don't want to mess up and you don't want to like screw anybody else up. And you know, that you're at the pinnacle of the sport. So you're supposed to be a quote unquote professional. Right. So, but everyone was a rookie at some time. So yeah, absolutely. I get that. And so it just, it it makes you nervous. And then thought of, you know, the competitiveness of me. Okay. There was three people that made their debut in Gainesville. And I'm thinking, how am I going to top the other two people that are going to be racing in top field this year. So, you know, you got that emotion going on in your head and, you know, it's all kinds of different things. And of course I didn't sleep for like a month straight. Cause I was so excited <laughs> get to the track and we're unloading the car. Um, we're putting it back together. I have my homies with me. I have my grandpa's crew with me. I'm like, this is it. This is going to be such a good weekend. And I think actually Jordan, Jordan Vandegrift told me this when I was getting strapped in for Q1. He's like, I know you're excited right now. Cause obviously Jordan just went through this like the year before. He's like, when you get done with the burnout, pause and look up in the stands and look at what you're doing. I'm like, fuck Jordan. Why are you saying that to me right now? <laughs> right? It's true though. It is. It's like, oh my God. Like I Yeah, you got forty thousand people staring at you waiting for you yeah. to screw up. Isn't that great? Yeah. Tell me how yeah, you really feel. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you know, it's like thinking like, oh well, I used to be that kid up in the stands watching, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so of course, go out there do the burnout. Our stall was not set right and clutch was out, brake was off. The car ain't moving. Like not one thing and I'm like it's in gear because I felt a little and I'm like no I'm I'm in reverse like I know I am and I'm like okay now what (laughs) right and I have no radio mind you because it's my grandpa's car so why would we have a radio in it uh so Bobby and one of the other two guys Chrissy come out and they start pushing me Katie's backing me up right and so now that's you know you gotta shake that off like okay we're fine. We're back and forward. We got to figure out what we're doing for the run now. But the craziest thing is, is the second that I was starting to creep forward to stage the car, calm. Like, I got this. Boom. There you go. Yeah. I'm here. I got it. You I just go in there happen. and do your job at that point. Yeah. And I think that was the craziest part is that, like, you know, you're so amped up for it. And then within three seconds, boom. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is where I worked to be, and this is what I'm going to do. Yep. And absolutely. You know, I hit the gas, and I was thinking, I'm like, in my, I got to like maybe 100 feet, and I'm like, is it going fast enough? This kind of feels like <laughs> a fuel car. I don't know. And by that time, I'm like half track. I'm like, I'm going lift just in case. 
<laughs> because it's like the hardest part about being a small team is that you you can't afford to leg it out if you think there's a problem. If there's a problem, you need to lift because I don't have the money. Grandpa doesn't have the parts. You know what I mean? We came with one extra motor. <laughs> right. You know, it just that's the the hard part that you can't make a mistake, although you are a rookie and this is your first race, you can't make a mistake like that. So they're like, hey, if you didn't feel right, you didn't feel right. Lift. Like, we're here to get you seat time. You know? And then, of course, like, I round the corner and uh, they want me to have an interview for NHRA TV. And then they want me to have an interview with Fox. And then they are, like, trying to take my picture. And I'm like, you guys, stop. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> You're just over there, like, holding up your hands like, like Ricky Bobby. <laughs> like Amanda Music's up there. She's like, you did it. I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's rad. So that was that was the cool part is that, you know, you get out the top end and like people want to talk to you, unlike A Fuel, where people really don't no one's there. They're like, the get out, hey, could you could you get out of the way, please? Yeah. Could you roll you're in the, your own parachute? Yeah, <laughs> you're in the shot. Could you just get the hell out of the way? That'd be great. So that was like a surreal part. And then <clears throat> from there on, it just then I, on the second run, I ran into some tire smoke. And the third run, I ran into some tire shake. And unfortunately, I did not get in the field. I got bumped out at the last second by Doug Foley. <laughs> that guy. That's funny. On Sunday morning, I leaned in uh, to Doug's pit. And I'm like, you're really lucky I like you. He's like, Krista, I didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. But all in all, it was so much fun. And although Josh got the win, which kudos to Josh, because that's unheard of in recent years. Oh, heck yeah. But, I mean, no one can take that away from you. You know what I mean? Like, no one can take away that feeling of no, that and like all, race. That's like the moment where you're like all the haters and all. It's like, you know what? Like, I'm out here doing it. I don't know what you're doing mm-hmm. other than sitting behind your keyboard and, and talking all your shit. Um, I'm... I'm doing it. So you just let Absolutely. me know when, when you get to that point, we can then have a conversation. Yeah. So, I think no. the coolest part is that one of my friends, oh gosh, I've been friends with her since kindergarten. So 25 years now, she's like, you're doing it. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you're the one in class that wrote down. You wanted to be a race car driver for every year, like during the yearbook. And yep. you became a race car driver. <laughs> There you go. It's cool that like even my like my friends from school recognize that. Yeah, no, it's cool. Like when you when you see like a random person that like you haven't seen in a long time, they're like, dude, I saw you on FS1 the other day. That's freaking yeah. cool. I didn't know you were still doing that. I'm just like, yeah. Like, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah, gee, thanks. Yeah. But glad glad to see that you're watching it. Cool. Yes, Keep yes. up the good work. So well, that's awesome. And and con- a major congratulations to you and you know your whole family. And you know, I know your mom is such a proud mama and and your grandpa and and all that. And that's you know, they're they're all super great people and uh you know everybody's rooting for you and uh you know hopefully uh you'll be able to be out there and we'll both be able to out there to be racing together here rapidly soon. So um that I would seriously be the- can't wait because I know we did line up against each other in the A field car one time when we were both driving Johnny On's car. Mm-hmm. But now we got to do it in top field. I know. I know. Hopefully uh, sooner rather than later. It just may happen. Um, so, yeah. Um, but before we let you go, we got to cover one more little thing. Um, tell us about, like, what you do for McLeod now. Like, I mean, you said you've been with Paul Lee for a long time now. So, um, you work for McLeod Racing. I mean, I know most listeners probably know what McLeod Racing is because we've had so many people on from there. But um, tell us what McLeod is. Um, and how awesome it is to work there. What do you do? What's your day-to-day job? And then uh, we'll cut you loose. Let me preface this. My favorite part about McLeod is that your wife is there. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes. Now she's really going to have to listen to this episode. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm glad she's to. there too. <laughs> I'm glad that she, you put out the post that she needed a job and I responded. <laughs> yeah. It was actually all because of you, to be honest. Yeah. So, I mean, 
Yeah, it's all your fault. Way to go. It is. I just wanted to hang out with her every day. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) Heck yeah. So no, she loves her job. And and as I'm sure you're about to say, it's it's an awesome place to work. And Paul and all the employees there are super cool. And they've been uh, nothing but great. So my my personal family and uh, as I'm sure yours. So um, tell us about your position, what you do now since you've been there for so long. And yeah, and you actually work remotely. So um, fill us in on that. I do. So uh, McLeod Racing drivetrain solution anything from right above oem to 3000 horsepower cars we have a clutch for it we have flywheels throwout bearings anything you need in your drivetrain we provide even now automatic stuff because mcleod's number one on the stick shift side we're moving on over to the automatic stuff because you know unfortunately stick shifts you know we had we had to do something so we went to automatic as well but I am currently the creative director. Uh, I self gave that title because I love Mad Men so much. <laughs> <laughs> like I used to watch Mad Men like religiously and Don Draper was creative director. I'm like, you know what? I want to be a creative director. So Paul asked me like, what do you want your title to be? I'm like creative director. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's, that's where that came from. But anyways, um, I take care of all of the marketing. So all of the social media, to print ads, to uh, video ads, to trade show coordination, which Cameron, you know, SEMA's like a wedding and takes a year to plan and is done in four days. Uh huh. <laughs> um, doing all that cool stuff, uh, anything from logistics for the whole company to doing shows, car shows, race shows, uh, drift shows, anything just to promote this brand that we all love and you know i'm so grateful to paul for giving me a chance to you know become the social media intern for the race team and then you know as i was working with paul on the funny car side he brought me out sema he brought me out to other events that mcleod was part of and i really felt at home and it's something that i'm passionate about i mean the coolest part of my job is when we're at SEMA, we're at PRI, or we're just out in general, and someone comes up to us and say, your clutch kicks ass. Super cool. Like the best part of the job, like you made that and people are enjoying it. Absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. And and it's true. I mean, it's, it's always great to work for a good brand. I mean, no one ever wants to work for the shitty parts. Um, So yeah, that's, that's cool. That is very cool. So yeah, and it's cool because I have my my own team now, like under me, like Joe Macicero. He's been great aid on the marketing oh, side for Joe. We might have to have him on the show one of these days. He has to come on the show. Yes. I mean, he's the Honda winner. Yes, H Day winner. H Day. You know what I mean? He has yeah. to come on the show. But okay. I have Joe on that side, and then obviously I still handle Paul's uh, funny car stuff. And I have Ashley Oberhofer helping me on that because apparently I cannot be three people at one time and I need to delegate. There you go. (laughs) So, but that's cool. I'm in a position that I can delegate to. Uh, And also on top of creative director for McLeod, also FTI performance, I'm still a general manager on Paul Lee's Nitro Funny Car team. So truck stuff, uh, hotels, uh, paperwork, inventory, anything that Paul needs on the racetrack <laughs> is kind of my job too. But like I said, I wouldn't trade it for the world. There so. you go. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Baldwin, Jack of all trades, master of many. So uh, <laughs> if you need any help filling out your logbook to driving a top fuel car, she can pretty much handle <laughs> you. And if you need to place an ad for it or sign up for SEMA, hit her up. You know, all, yeah. that, all that stuff. Yeah. Just <laughs> let her... Uh, Hit her up over there in the uh, 18-wheeler over DSR. Yes. So that's her postal address. Um, so, well, we've actually had you on here for quite a long time, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on. But you can't leave until you have to answer two questions because Don would probably murder me if I didn't ask you these questions because he loves this portion of the show. Yes, he does. So, um, you have... To answer two questions, question number one is you can send one Christmas card to anyone in motorsports. Who would it be and why? Mm, who would it be? 
gosh. I think I would send it to Daniel Ricardo. Really? Yes. Because one, I think he would like love drag racing. Just like his personality, I feel like he would love it. And two, um, I love the video of the kid calling him Daniel Avocado. (laughs) 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 So whenever I watch Drive to Survive or an F1 race, I'm like, look, it's Daniel Avocado. But he just like seems super cool and he loves what he does. And although he's in one of the most serious motorsports of the world, the biggest, the, you know, grandest motorsport of all he's still like super laid back no that's a, he's never gotten a uh, christmas card from racers and rental cars so that's a good one i like it now don's most favoritist portion of the show you have to send one wtf card to anyone in motorsports who would it be and why oh, there's a few okay mm. you can send multiple there's only been a few people that have sent more than one wtf card I just, the problem is, is that I'm still competing against them. <laughs> That's fine. Don't, don't worry about it. They probably don't listen to the show anyways. They probably do. What are you talking about? Race to rent a car is great. <laughs> um, okay. I won't say his name, but Boo. the other uh, top fuel debutante <laughs> of the Gator Nationals, um, I had an issue with this because you and I work so hard to get that top fuel license, right? Get all the paperwork. We're all good. Um, NHRA let him be on the top fuel entry list for Gainesville without even having a license. Hmm. I do know. You don't need to tell me the name of that, but I do know. And who is. So, okay, fine. Let that go. The other part is that, NHRA allowed him to finish his license two days before the event at Gainesville. Interesting. So, so does the WTF card go to NHRA or said individual or mm, both? I would say both. Because, you know, as much as we all love NHRA, they've gotten the WTF card more often than not. Yeah, um, I would say both. It just it just rubbed me the wrong way because I spent so long doing this as you have as anyone has and for them to do that now i get it we needed the car count for gainesville but they should have put the driver or the owner's name on there and then had a driver swap to enter the race that's what it, how it would have gone I'll that's buy how, that. if it was it was a normal race you can swap drivers you yeah. know what i mean i'll buy that for a dollar <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's a very interesting one that one like got under my skin because like obviously during that whole like two weeks all emotions are going crazy because i'm getting ready to do this but hearing that i'm like really that's that's what nhra is doing like come on <laughs> yeah which i mean i guess could come back to the fact that i mean we are hurting for car count and i mean they're trying to do what they can do because they want to they want to advertise a full field and i get that but they probably they could have gone. Put the yeah. owners no, I agree. Down. I agree with you. I mean, I think, you know, I think in a lot of situations, you know, maybe there's something we don't know or, you know, but in a lot of those situations, there's, I feel like said sanctioning body could maybe do it a little differently now, mm-hmm. not to say what they did is wrong, but there also could have been a few other options that, you know, like what you're, what you're feeling, you and I can feel that, but the general fan, they don't, they don't know give a shit and that that's the thing is like why am i even getting upset about this it's already done but it's still you know like come on like i worked that hard to get a piece of paper to do this i got you (laughs) i'll take that no well uh well you got away scot-free because uh yeah you didn't have to go too deep into that so um (laughs) good good answers for both and a great episode we greatly appreciate you finally coming on the show uh, we were able to to strap you down and and get you in in the seat of uh, of your easy chair there and and join us on the show or myself and uh, I know Don and I greatly appreciate it. Keep up the great work out there. And when's your next race going to be? Or do we not say that yet? Nope, we can say it. Um, okay. I'm actually going to run the alcohol car at the St. Louis Regional, which is the weekend after Vegas. 
Okay. And then the top field car, I'll be at the four wides in Charlotte. So wait, that's awesome. Um, you never know who else may show up at those that event. So Ooh, um, who's going to be in my quad for Q1? <laughs> I will just have to find out. Um, so yeah, no, that's awesome. And uh, best of luck to you in the alcohol car. And it's cool that uh, you're still doing that too. I, I really enjoy driving those cars too. So any opportunity you can get to drive them, they're still fun too. Um, so good luck. And you're not going to Vegas. So hopefully we will see you down the road um at another event here shortly but thank you for coming on and uh we'll see you next time awesome well thank you and good luck at the four wide cameron i'll be cheering for you right on thank you very much and there you have it ladies and gentlemen miss krista baldwin uh nhra royal drag racing royalty so um great episode she's a super cool person uh on and off the track um she's a does a lot of great things behind the scenes for the sport and for us younger drivers uh, trying to, to make it in this world. So um, if you ever see her in the pits, be sure to stop by, say hello. She, say hello. She's uh, very friendly, very uh, animated, and always has a big smile on her face. So um, definitely make sure you stop by her pit and say hello. And you never know, that famous grandfather might be there too. You could probably hit him up too. So um, wish everybody a wonderful weekend this weekend. And uh, don't forget to uh, check out your local racetrack or whatever it may be this weekend. Watch it online, Flow Sports, maybe um, hit up yourself. Uh, you know, if you're online, make sure you go to racersandrentalcars.com, buy yourself a hat, t shirt, hoodie, something like that. Please, we need to pay our bills. The lights are falling or turning off. Just kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, Don will be back soon uh, from his little vacation. And yeah, we appreciate uh, all of the rest of our sponsors, KNN, NGK, CBD, MD. Make sure you always use the RIRC promo code for all of these wonderful companies. Get yourself some sort of discount and things like that. And other than that, we'll see you at the races. Thank you for downloading this episode of Racers and Rental Cars. This episode has been brought to you in part by Streetway Marketing and Media, Voice America for all of your podcasting needs, K&N Air Filters, Manscaped.com, CBDMD, Motion Raceworks, and LB Trailer Sales. Be sure to use the RIRC promo code at any of the listed sponsors. We appre- they appreciate your business, and we'll see you next week.